everyone. Hello. Thank you for joining us today. Um, at California Family Fitness, we always get um, questions about a variety of topics that aren't necessarily fitness related. Um, a hot topic right now is kids in sports mm-hmm. and making sure that um, families have a great dynamic when it comes to it. And we see a lot of things out there um, around you know, am I pushing my kid too hard? Does this make sense for our family? Um, do, you know, can I do more to support my child? And it's not just around sports, but it's about um, arts as well, or music, or dance, or performance. And so it's really awesome to have all of you here today to just kind of speak on the topic and talk about what tools can we give parents and families um, to help that dynamic in their relationship and make sure that they're really supporting their child that and living a healthy lifestyle. So. So I'd like each of you to introduce yourselves, and we'll start the topic. Good morning. I'm Dr. Kirsten Kazarian. I'm a child psychologist and the owner of Napa and Folsom Child Wellness. So I come at this from a mindful parenting perspective. I'm excited to be here. Thanks, Michelle. Good morning. I'm Denise Millett, and I am a mother of five and grandmother of three, and an assistant varsity basketball coach at a local high school. Uh, my name is Christian Salisbury. I am a father of two. Uh, a 13, almost 14-year-old daughter is going to be a freshman in high school who's a big swimmer, and a son who's 10 who's very much into baseball, and I'm also the vice president of our one of our local li- little leagues. Yeah. I'm Michelle McCauley, and I have two young kids um, that are five and eight, it's kind of crazy to think about that. And, you know, we're very involved in multiple things, and I just think that we all have experiences that we can bring and touch base with everyone out there in the audience that's listening. So um, I just wanted to have each of us kind of tell our experience and what we see out there. You know, um, for me, it, it's like we all have this ideal about our kid, right? But then I also see parents go, i got to get that college scholarship, Right, so what do I need to do to get my kid that college scholarship? And it's so hard to, um, it's so hard because you want to support them and you want to give them all the tools and you want to be in there first and get them all the private lessons and all of that. Mm-hmm. And so I'd love to hear your perspective um, from where you're at and your position in life and then, you know, have you discuss what you see um, and what tools we can do to support them in that endeavor because some kids don't even want to go to college. They just want to have fun, mm-hmm. you know. Absolutely. Looking at butterflies. <laughs> Mine are going to college. Well, I mean, it's kind of different with the the daughter and the son. My daughter's really much in, into swimming. Like I said, it's her biggest sport. Um, we do pay for some private coaching. Always have. Um, Phoebe actually just did her first camp at Stanford for Stanford Swim Camp, and I will do that from now on because she came back and broke all of her personal records the very next week. So it works. Uh, my son, on the other hand, his favorite sport's baseball. He would love to do travel ball right now, but I firmly believe as a parent, especially with baseball and the motion of throwing a ball, you can't do baseball year-round. I mean, Tommy John surgery was created for a pitcher that was in the major leagues. Kids now are in high school are having Tommy John surgery because they're throwing the ball way too much. So I'm a firm believer of just multiple sports. So we do it year-round. I mean, we do basketball. We do – Phoebe does volleyball. She's actually trying out for the high school team next year, next week. Swimming, basketball, soccer, we still do all of those with the kids. So it's we go from one sport to the next, but I love it. I'm very much involved with it, and it can be challenging. I mean, his favorite sport's baseball. He wants to do travel ball now. So 
it's up for discussion currently, and I'm not sure we're there yet. If he's going to, he's not going to pitch because he's also a pitcher in Little League, and it's just bad for his arm at that age. So it's it's a lot. Well, it's good for but you I love to it. realize that. I mean, I was talking to you guys before we started taping, and, you know, you do come to a point, and I don't know if you still see this, I don't know if you see this, where it's like, I'm so glad there's more material of the, the benefits of multiple sports right. and doing multiple things. For sure. But then at some point, it's when you just focus on one thing, mm-hmm. and, you know, what do you do from there? So... I think the goal should never start out to be getting a college scholarship. You should be playing sports because you enjoy it, because it is healthy, because you are having fun, um, not because you are thinking of the end result, you're going to get a college scholarship. And so when I'm working with parents, one of the first pieces is, you know, and and I, I agree with that. Um, but sometimes that is where parents are. And so meeting them there and just if they can be honest about that with themselves, how much that helps their relationship with their mm-hmm. child. Um, so this is this is Dr. Kazarian talking and, I, you know, <laughs> thinking about my work in private practice with families. And sometimes sports are a stressor and sometimes sports are this really important piece of a treatment plan. And so when parents can be honest with themselves, like, yeah, I'm pushing a lot because that is my goal. And then looking at, okay, so it's okay for it to be really important for you to make sure your child has opportunities. Then let's kind of check in. Is it stressing them out? Is it stressing your entire family out trying to get them the private coaching? I mean, um, is it sustainable for you guys? Uh, So the first step um, that I will often direct parents towards is just to take inventory of their intention for, you know, is it because their child is telling them, I love this sport mm-hmm. and I want to do it and it's like my intention is to make that happen for you? Or is it, you're going to do this because I want this result for you? Um, and there's some really important values there and just kind of taking a moment to look at all that is is a step instead of just sweeping it under the rug as a should or shouldn't. So anyways, that's... Well, I hear a lot of families say, well, I played soccer. So mm-hmm. I played soccer my whole life, and that was the best thing for me because, you know, I got all my friends, and that was my life, mm-hmm. right? So I want that for my kids, and, you know, we're going to do it, and I don't care if you cry, and we're going to do every single practice, <laughs> and you're going to be in it to win it, right? But, like, that's not... It is really... You know, it's... It, what do you... How do you... What do you say to parents like that? Because, yes, you want them to finish out the season. You want them to learn lifelong goals. What do you say as a coach? You know, you want them to show up for practice. But what if they hate it? It's making you miserable. But you want your kids to, you know, like, you're going to go to work one day. And what, you're miserable? You're not going to show up for work? That's not going to be acceptable. You won't have a job anymore. So those are kind of the questions and topics we always talk about. And from a coach, like, what do you see and how do you do that? From a mom's perspective, you know, what do you think? And then from your perspective, what do you guide on? I think when they're young, you try different activities, different sports, right. different um, types of music, art, expose them to all different things so that they you can see what they like. Each person, um, we can't put our own expectations and goals for ourselves on our children. They are going to be a unique person. And so you expose them to a lot of different things. You can see what they're talented in, what they're interested in, what they enjoy, what they love. And so, like you said, I believed in multiple sports Mm -hmm. and also 
we also did piano lessons, and my children are very artistic as well. And my oldest son sang in the jazz choir and jazz band, and he enjoyed that in addition to doing sports. So I believe in the well-rounded child, individual, and family, Mm -hmm. because I also believe in family time and, um, you know, having a very strong family center. But then when they, you expose them to these different activities, then they, you'll see what they enjoy, what they excel at, and then you can go from the, with that. From the mental health perspective, so I, I really agree with this. And, and from the mental health perspective, I see that um, exposure to a bunch of different activities as kind of like diversifying the coping portfolio. So say you get an injury, in your ultimately favorite sport. Well, for depending on the age of our kid, that's um, going to really affect identity. And so if they have another sport or a creative activity where they have another group of friends, you know, they don't feel necessarily left out of that group. They don't feel like they are at a loss of their connection with the self. Mm-hmm. So in that way, it's it's really wonderful when they connect with one activity that is their favorite. And that, I mean, that's something that we all kind of hope we have, like a Mm -hmm. passionate experience like that. But I do, I think that exposing to multiple activities allows them to realize I can be part of a bunch of different teams. I have multiple friendships. Even if I, I won't feel left out, I know that there's other ways for me to manage this stress, not just, say, with soccer you know, if I get a soccer injury. Um, but, but what do you do, not to cut you off, but yeah. what do you do if, okay, we're saying we're going to expose them, right? And you start the season, you buy the cleats. Mm-hmm. We've all been there, right? Mm-hmm. You buy the cleats, you buy that, and you're like, all right, we're going to do this. And then the kid is having a hard time, right? <laughs> right? Or they're picking the flowers, or they're miserable and crying every practice. What do you tell people? Because... That's hard, right? You, you, you're you already committed. You want to show your kid you're committed. It's a team sport yeah. a lot of times, too. You can't yeah. let your teammates right. out. It's not about you, you at that point once you're on a team. Out. Right. That's true. So how do you guide parents in those conversations to at least get through the season? You know? Right. Well, so I'll come at it from the mental health perspective. And, and the way that I'm looking at it when I'm working with a family is the health of the child from mental health, and also the relationship between parent and child and making sure that that is not overly stressed because it's pretty much the most important piece of child development. So you you had this um, example of, I think we've all kind of had some experience with it, where maybe a parent played this sport and it meant a lot to the parent and there's you know some stress there if the child is not connecting with the same sport and i would say before we make a decision as far as let's get rid of this sport or let's just force them to do it help the parent think about sometimes it's just how are you selling it are you explaining like you have a really good reason for wanting them to play this sport it must have been important to you and so how can you developmentally, to whatever age child this is, let them know what you got from that sport and have those conversations 
where you're setting it up so they can start to tell you what they hope to get from their activities and their days. So if you felt like you just had amazing friendships on that team or it got to teach you about the capacity of your body, try to explain that. And so that might be some work that you do as a parent and kind of, you know, I'm a big mindfulness meditation. Um, uh, you know, I, I think that that helps a lot of different things. So if you can find that for yourself and think of three values or um, three benefits that you got out of that. And are you explaining it to your kid? Or are you just saying, soccer is great? (laughs) Or soccer is great because look at these things it did for me. And it did get me a scholarship. And I don't know if it's going to get you one, but it was really cool to have those opportunities. And and this is how I feel like I still look on it fondly. Um, And so one, explaining that to your child. And then I think checking in. So in child development, we have something we call goodness of fit, where your temperament and your child's temperament, it's kind of luck of the draw, how well they match together in um, like a puzzle piece. It's not like a relationship where you go and meet and decide, yeah, I think we're good for each other or not. I mean, you're together, <laughs> right? And so... Very much, very much so. <laughs> you're together. One of the reasons I have private coaches for my son now for baseball because I've been his only manager his whole entire life. Yeah. Well, perfect example. So yep. you flexed with that. So Yes, very much so. <laughs> your temperament, you know, you, you checked in. Is somebody's temperament more flexible? Is somebody's temperament more rigid? Does it drive you nuts that they're so laid back and they want to pick flowers while, you know... Um, yes, y- you're <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> well, so that's okay. <laughs> so one of the really most important things that we can do for our mental health is self-care and... Um, I think that having a positive voice, a non-judgmental voice in yourself allows you to function better in a lot of ways. And we could have a whole episode on yes. that, right? So um, it's okay to acknowledge, that drives me nuts. I wish you would do this. Um, and then you can kind of work on, maybe you need to show them how to do that. But I think the awareness of checking in, we are so different here. It's going to take us to a little more work. And it's fun when you have more than one child because you can see right. maybe like oh, our temperaments, we just get it. We don't even have to have these conversations. And that's really nice. Um, we're on the same page. We're, re- we're in it to win it me and this kid, right? Um, but this uh, this other child, let's check in and make sure, how can I make it so that they're getting something and you get a chance to learn about them? Who are they? How can I check in and understand why this flower picking is so important? Maybe I can learn a little bit about that. Um, and maybe I can encourage them to be a little more competitive and driven and go after the ball in the way that I think would be really fun. Um, And a way to do that, I always tell parents, is just really acknowledge whenever you see them doing the uh, the slightest bit of what you want. So if you do see them um, being a little more competitive, really call it out, but acknowledge the other sides of them too. Like I, I. I see that you made a really beautiful bouquet um, in between <laughs> in between innings in between or innings. during the innings. But I like I noticed though that even though you I were doing that, you still were able to hear what coach's right. directions were, yeah. and I really like that because it showed him respect. You know, so being able to recognize that this child has a totally different temperament than you do, um, and and help them as you're uh, validating who they are, they're creating that identity for themselves. So as a coach, I started coaching when my uh, daughters were younger, 
and because they needed a coach, yep. you know. And I know how it is. Yep. Yep. Always yep. And yep. you're like, oh, <laughs> yep. well, no, I loved it because <laughs> I was passionate about basketball. I love basketball. And so I started coaching, but then, um, and I coached the, it's the second to youngest and the youngest. And so the second to youngest loved me being the coach. And so um, I coached the younger daughter and the rec like situation, but then I was asked to coach at the high school, and I coached the second to youngest, and she loved it, and we had a great time, and she always wanted me to be her coach, mm-hmm. and then the younger youngest one came along up to the high school level, and I coached her as well, and one year, and then she was communicating you know, I want someone else because mm-hmm. I hear the mom. Every time you say something, I just hear mom. Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And so, and she decided that at that point that basketball was going to be her sport. And so then we needed to, I needed to step back and she could have other coaches. And so we communicated this and it was perfect. And I let her, you know, have other coaches and that experience, and then I stepped back instead of going, you know, forward with her, and and it was just a perfect situation. Mm-hmm. She was happy, I was happy, and we could enjoy the sport together, but just not coaching right. her. Yeah, with Camden, uh, my son, my ten year old, I've been his only coach manager since he was four. Um, so now he's to the point where we're in AAA. Their all-star team actually just made the states. So we had a very long all-star run. So swim, which he's a very good swimmer also, he's been very blessed with his athletic ability. And baseball, these whole seasons overlap this year. So it did bring a lot of stress to our family because my daughter just swims during this time of year. Cam is doing both. He's ready to give up swim. But we have to talk to him about swim. And you know what? He's like the second best backstroker in our entire swim league. I mean, he qualifies for everything on the backstroke. You got to do it for the team at this point, my buddy. So, <laughs> next season's a whole nother topic of discussion that my wife and I are going to have to broach here shortly to figure out what we're going to do. But I, I want him to keep swimming. It's such a great, wonderful, lifelong sport that he can do that keeps him in phenomenal shape. But just the overlap with baseball, which is his favorite sport, and we got to figure that out and get a nice balance. But like, he's going to go to swim meets regardless because his sister's going to continue to swim. I mean, she's going to swim for her high school starting this year as well. So, and she's very good at it. So, I mean, it's. You don't want to swim. You're still getting up at five thirty in the morning because we got to be there at six, buddy. I'm sorry, you're not staying home by yourself. You're ten. So, and all of his buddies, they're not sure if they're going to do it. So it's more of a friendship thing. Mm-hmm. But their relay team two years ago broke a 27 year club record for us. I mean, he's a great swimmer. And sorry, you're going to do it. But that, we'll see. We'll see what we're going to do long term. And my wife has already said you're swimming until you're 18. I said well, let's take it year by year right now. Honey. <laughs> right. Let's not tell a 10 year old you're doing something the next eight years that he doesn't love to do. So this is a whole other. De- discussion we could have down the right. road as well. So I always get parents saying to me, oh, just do it one more year. Right. Because then they're going to love it, right? Like for swim for us, I did it for a safety reason because we have a pool in our backyard. I think it's really important for kids to be swim proficient. Right. I want to feel comfortable if we're out by the river and we're fishing that if, you oh, know. I'll be the one to drown, yeah. not my kids. Exactly. That's what I want it to be. They're going right? to save like, me. Exactly. And so, um, you know, we believed in it. The first year was, you know, an interesting bobbing session down the lanes. This year, he just made it across. Like, I, you know, I was the obnoxious right. mom screaming, like, yeah, this is amazing. <laughs> um, but 
my daughter rides horses, and when she, I've noticed when she swims, she's an amazing horse rider because of the cardio that goes along with it. And she goes, Mom, you told me this was your last year. And I'm like, inside my head, I'm like, I keep this pressure from parents going, just give it one more year. Mm-hmm. They're going to be the top of the age rate. They're going to love it. And I'm like, I don't, but do I love I mean, yeah, I kind of like it. I like it when I'm in it. But I see all these other families that are camping during the summer, right. they're boating on the lake, they're, I mean, and so I'm going, oh my gosh, I only have this many summers with my daughter, or this many, like, I'm starting mm-hmm. to count like that, and I'm like, what do you do? Mm-hmm. And one of the things I know you're going to probably bring up that we talked about is, um, does it bring joy? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I personally love it. I mean, it keeps me, I I, it keeps you busy, keeps me young, and I think, I hope that my kids love what they're doing as well. Right. Mm-hmm. And it brings me joy in the moment, but the right. conversations, like, leading up to it, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, like, always questioning that. Like, is this, is this good? Is this not good? You know? So. Well, the thing that I, I keep hearing from all three of you as you share your parenting experiences is the process around the activities and I can't help but see just how much you're teaching your children in the process of making those decisions, right? You have to have a pretty assertive child who feels really comfortable and a lot of trust with you to be able to say, mm, new coach, please, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. So that, I mean, there's a lot that that child's learning in those conversations about trust, about talking things mm-hmm. out, about expressing what they really need and getting support, um, and, then, and then planning around the next season. So from, from my angle, wow, that's also the point of sports, is not just the, the end result, but what it does is it's an opportunity for you to teach your children, okay, you guys, this is how we solve problems. This is how I make decisions. I'm not sure. And, and depending on their age, like making them a part of as much of the decision-making process. I always say kind of have your decision to some degree made and you know have most of it hashed out, but then share with them where authentically you are interested in them mulling over some age-appropriate pieces of those decisions about what do we enjoy? Do we want to make space for this, you guys? Or what does it feel like when you're riding the horses and you're able to accomplish A, B, and C because you're also, you know, because your body's super strong from swim. Um, so I, I think a lot of the process there is is one of the biggest benefits about our kids being involved in the activities that we get to choose. We get to schedule and make up our life. I also think just staying balanced. Mm-hmm. So you may miss a tournament or some, mm-hmm. you know, or a meet, or so you can go camping that one weekend, or some other situation like that. Um, our oldest daughter, she played competitive softball, and she played in college, and she said the only thing. I thought that if I didn't play so much in the summer, we could have camped more. And she would have done that. She would have enjoyed it. But she was passionate, and she was talented and very good. And so we just did what she wanted to do. But then we also always made family time, went on family vacation Mm -hmm. every year, and made that a priority as well. 
Yeah, we plan last minute vacations. We have literally probably a three week window in August every single year where we don't have a sport. Well, kind of. Phoebe's at volleyball camp right now at Sac State, (laughs) but she loves that. So I just booked a last minute flight to Belize for the whole family in two weeks. So I can't wait to go. It's kind of our last hurrah before she starts high school. So we got to do these trips every single year. Because I only have four more years until she's out of the house, which is crazy. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I know, but I think sometimes we talk about balance and we say that in our head. And I'm sure people come to you and say this all the time, like, it's got to be about balance, balance. But, like, life happens. People were, you know, people are working. You're trying to, right. you know, do the groceries, the laundry, all the sports, be the best parent you can be, be the best human being you can be. And it's like, how do you almost reset into that? Because it, it is a roller coaster. And I think it's easy to say, like, you want to have balance, but that doesn't always happen, you know? And, and so what do you do? And that's the thing with my son. Yeah. To be the best thing, that's another thing that I have. We, we're yeah. going to actually go see some counseling shortly because if he's not the best, he does not do well. Mm-hmm. Like, he lost the backstroke this year at Champs for the first time ever losing back. But he took second out of probably 400 kids. Right. It wasn't good enough for him mentally. So that's a whole other thing we got to work. We're going to start working with him on that. I mean, he's a, he's a phenomenal. I mean, both my kids are probably top 10% of their age group as far as athletes are concerned. But for him, if he's not number one, it's it's a problem. And that's not good. So nothing we're going to work on with him. She's okay with it. She's like, okay. She's mellow. <laughs> he's not so much. So, yeah, and you have those, those maybe I, yeah, temperamental yeah, right. traits, yeah. right? And um, definitely we can model, too, is a big thing. So when we see pieces like that, you know, our, um, from the adult world being really non-judgmental of other people when they're kind of flailing because our kids internalize that and see like, oh yeah, it's not that end of the world when somebody loses something. We can still find value in them. There's these other pieces people see about them. So I think keeping in mind um, that's kind of easy to do uh, is is something just as you're commenting on what's happening around you, keep in mind that your kids take a lot of what you say about other people and they make sense of that of moving forward in the world. So like, oh, if that's how mom and dad assess this for other people, then, then that holds true for me too. And I think um, when you talk about balance, I think it has to be part of your daily ritual in a way um and so creating that is so personal how do you do that is that through prayer is that through meditation is that some parents um i know for myself actually love it when you have a little bit of a commute (laughs) because you get to check in with yourself in a quiet car you know or maybe your car's Mm -hmm. not quiet for most of the commute but some of it maybe it is um and so finding that moment to think about even just like what's something small, if that's your intention is balance, what is something small I can do today to bring a little bit more balance to everybody? And sometimes it's going to be really different for each family member. And so as the leader of your family, it's, it's thinking about, okay, this will definitely balance out kid one's day and this will balance out my day. And I'm going to try and make sure that that happens today. I go grab my coffee. That's going to balance out. (laughs) (laughs) I agree with what she said. That's what we tried to do as a family. We have strong religious uh, beliefs and background, and we practiced it every day. And so we made sure that we had that time in, and it could have been like really early in the morning before the day started, Mm -hmm. or at dinner time at the table, or... I mean, we have we also tried to eat together as a family, and that could be our latest time was mm-hmm. eleven o'clock at night. 
and we did wow. eat together wow. as a family. And so just priorities and balance. And it was a daily ritual. Yeah, I think sometimes we think, like we set really big expectations for ourselves, but I think a lot of our success comes from just little pieces each day. So this is all good material. Um, I would love to leave with if there was like one thing we could all incorporate into our lives or um, just kind of recap what we talked about so that the other listeners out there can maybe just take one little thing and that will help them make their life better that day or their family dynamics or just their every, you know, their every day. I'm great to live a healthier and happier life. I'd love to go around and talk about that. So I'm not starting this one. Okay. I know. I'm like, I'm so I'll we'll say, leave it up to the doctor. <laughs> I'll, say, I'll say my takeaway is usually not just for this subject, but for most is, you know, being with your child, find, finding a moment where you can be with them and have a conversation with them and validate anything they're trying to tell you. Because I'm guaranteed that if we listen long enough, they give us so much information about how we can help them balance and what the next step should be uh, as far as their sports. And so validating doesn't mean that we run up and we do exactly what they ask us to do um, immediately, but it does mean that we non-judgmentally just totally hear them out and let them know they're listened to and their, their opinion for themselves is valued. Well, I guess for me, I mean, it's, since I have a daughter and a son, and baseball is my life. I named my son after a baseball stadium. I was born <laughs> in Baltimore. Awesome. His name's Camden because the Orioles play at Camden Yards. So baseball has been my life. It's like the one sport that I played. I was very good at it. played through high school. Uh, but he's better than I am, so I think sometimes I push him more than I probably should. But it's knowing you have two children. Me, my daughter loves to swim, so I've now become the head timer of our swim club, so I'm on the deck every single race, and I'm just very... I just try to be involved as much as I possibly can. Mm-hmm. And there's a, I see a lot of families just sit back, and they don't... Just, they could like to complain. I'm like, if you're not going to volunteer, please don't complain. I mean, try to be a fix the problem and see instead of being part of the problem. So mm-hmm. that's kind of what I take from being so involved in all my children's sport. And being the vice president of our Little League, wow, there's some doozies out there as far as parents are concerned. <laughs> that I get to hear and not share on this forum. But, yes, it's amazing. Yeah, I would say just find joy in your activities that you do together, that your child does, um, that you do as a family, and help them find joy and value the time that you have together. And I valued the time that I had watching my child. Mm -hmm. I love it. My husband and I both enjoy it, and we love watching our children play a sport play an instrument or do anything that brings them joy it brings me joy and and i love that as a coach also watching them perform and do what they love but you can tell when they don't love it it's painful and i say do what brings joy Well said. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you for tuning in to Work In with California Family Fitness. This episode has been packed with great information. Check out the show notes at thedaily.californiafamilyfitness.com forward slash podcast, where we will include links and resources that were mentioned during our conversation today. 
And if you are enjoying the discussion today, please make sure to like and share the Work In podcast on our YouTube channel and other podcast distribution. 